Hello and welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others podcast, mainly for experienced and aspiring people managers. I'm your host, Nina Sunday. This is the show to help you explore ways to become the best version of yourself at work as a manager. Each episode, you'll hear from some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share your passion to elevate and transform team culture. They'll share insights in self-leadership and leading others. Together, we can make workplace culture better. Are you ready? Because it's time to manage self and lead others. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Manage Self Lead Others podcast. My name is Nina Sunday, I'm your host, and today we have an expert in change, and his name is John Prentice. He's founding partner of Change Enablement and Director of Business Development and Client Success. Change Enablement provides enterprise change capability solutions. They enable and equip individuals, teams and organisations with world's best methodology and world-class change tools to support people leaders and business projects deliver their desired outcomes. With offices in Australia and Hong Kong able to deliver to Asia and the Pacific, please welcome my guest, John Prentice. Welcome, John. Thank you, Nina. And we have a long association talking about change. I've uh, attended your certification in ProSci and that enlightened me to human-centered change and understanding that change, a change initiative is not just the realm of a project manager. You need a, a change manager that looks at the human side of things. Uh, that was the biggest takeaway and the biggest epiphany for me is I thought I thought change management was about you know understanding a little bit about the people but what your approach to change is that it's unless the people are on board your change initiative might fall over can you <laughs> is that right um well I think when you look at it and when you step back from any project that you're doing um, if there's a people dependency on the execution and the adoption of it then if it's not, you're not, um, not for the negative purposes of risk, um, but to ensure that the business benefits are achieved the way that they were, in this, um, that they were intended. If you're not um, putting that as part of your risk matrix uh, and your risk considerations, then you're, you're sort of, you're, you can well and truly be blindsided by the reaction um, that people will have to whatever this great solution is, uh, particularly if they're not being brought along on that journey. So. I think the, the the bit around that is if projects, you know, not all projects deliver what they intended to do. And a lot of that's got to do with that the people were the last to find out that the project was even supposed to do that. So then the, the buy-in's not congruent to the delivery um, of on time and on, on budget. Now, I picked up on the phrase risk matrix. Can you perhaps explain what that is? It's a tool by the sounds of things. Well, I just, in, in you know, uh, if you're a project manager, you understand that there's, you know, you're managing lots of risk. And I think that, that and that, and in, and, you know, for a long, long time, I think that's the, you know, the risks are, you know, in the delivery of a function or a task or a, um, or a work group right? in the sense of their ability to, 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 to fulfill that componentry that, you know, makes up the Gantt chart that gives us the, Ability to do a whole bunch of dependencies. The, I think, the, in terms of uh, when when we look at the addition to complement 
all of those principles that are used on a day-to-day -day basis is to is not to oversight uh, not to have over, not, not to miss should i say that there are some other ones that need to be considered and that is you know what is you know are people likely to adopt what we're doing and one of the things i understand that your organization does change enablement is that it, it, in the, the, it's in the word, in the title, you enable or you, you create change enablers within an organisation, within an enterprise, if they're doing an enterprise-wide um, restructure, reorganisation, and certainly these days of COVID, it's, it's all about pivoting uh, quickly and uh, smartly. That's right, Nina, and I think perhaps if we're just, um, you know, when, while, while, while we've been just talking about one instance of how we um, and the experience that you've had, I think the, the you know the matrix uh, and the, uh, that we build is really around building a capability framework within an organisation. So top to bottom, um, um, uh, executive, leader, project, um, personnel, um, frontline, uh, you know, uh, share a common language with change. They uh, they are you know they 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 test and try themselves against change and you know and build a, an internal capability. Uh, that that enables them to address and face and get through any change that they're having. So whether it be a project or a program um, uh, for the, that affects the organisation, whether it be a team-based initiative, or whether it be just at an individual level um, in terms of how they're um, developing themselves professionally, uh, there's that um, we build um, um, frameworks that support uh, the maturity of change itself within an organisation. So. When you start to work with an organisation, what are the, some of the big mistakes you've you've seen that you've actually come in to repair? I'm thinking along the lines of um, it, it could either be senior leaders or, or mid mid level managers, but they're spending all their time on the actual ch process of change, what they're changing, and they're not having similar meetings with the person in charge of how do we bring the people along? How do we inform them? How do we excite them or make them responsive to the steps along the way? Is that the sort of thing that is missing sometimes when you get started with organisations? Uh, well, usually there's been some sort of incident uh, where uh, a major system that they've had um, hasn't been implemented correctly and, you know, they, they, they didn't realise any benefit. They've actually still got the old system because it's too politically charged to actually go back into the old way. Uh, sometimes it's just coming through um, through internal employee engagement where the scores around, you know, we, we, we manage change well in our organisation uh, are really flagging up that, you know, we, we, we're not, we don't manage it well. Um, so I guess that can come in different forms. Um, um, perhaps the perhaps the the, the 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 key thing here is is that change isn't just about training and communications, uh, and therefore it then becomes um, there's a it's a little bit deeper than that. And 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 I guess where we help organisations is at different levels. I think we, do we help sponsors understand their role um, um, and and what they need to do and how they and how they can how they communicate change and to whom they're communicating it to so it gets heard. Um, uh, to to the to the to people managers, uh, it, it's it's not about it's 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 a it's a competency um, that people managers need to be able to lead not just themselves through change, um, but their people as well too, and 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 I guess into that, that that that's not necessarily a function that's written in most people's job descriptions. 
And here's the interesting thing. We're now the second year into COVID. And I think we thought a year ago that perhaps, you know, this is the year of disruption and then it'll settle down. And we're discovering that the disruption is still here and it's still coming. Looks like it's it's not, not going to go away. We all have to become change enablers. Isn't that right? I think so. I think the I think you know for us our time has arrived uh, in a in a in a in a in an environment which is fluid um, and uncomfortable, and uh, you know you don't it's a, and I think where 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 we were not so long ago uh, we we could get comfortable with what we were doing in the business environment and in life in general. But if we're just focusing on business, it's um it's changing by the it's not it's changing by the day. It's changing by the hour and it's changing by the minute. Um, so the ability to be flexible and adaptable and being able to change like that quickly to the to the situation is is in itself, a, a, you know, for those that get it right or even can just do it a little bit, a strategic and competitive advantage that they can seize upon opportunity that arises right here and right now. And the ability to be able to make that switch um, and do that in a disciplined way uh, ensures that it's uh, ensures you know you don't miss out on opportunity whilst others are still scrambling to try and figure out what it is that they're trying to do. Exactly. Now, I'm thinking about mindset now. It could be that uh, some individual contributors, managers, senior leaders express this frustration with, "Oh, not another change. Oh, when's it going to stop?" Should we be cultivating a mindset where you go, "Oh." yet another change let's be agile let's be flexible like just take it on board as yep this is part of the role now and we just have to roll with it is that a, an attribute that we need to cultivate i think high performing teams have a distinct radar for picking up that things have changed the speed within which they then shift and the process by which they follow to be able to make the tweak or adjustment and so that they can accommodate that change successfully, yeah, uh, is 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 really is really the speed. It's changing. It's been it, it's change has always been with us. That's what everybody knows. And when you look back over your shoulder, you go phew. Um, but look forward. If you look forward, it um, it's changing all the time, and it's faster now than it's ever been before. It's more technologically led than ever it than ever before. Um, it's more, it's more, um, it's more global in its impact than it's ever been before. Um, so whether it's change within your own organisation that we need to make, whether it's change with customers uh, that we need to make and how we service them, whether it's change with suppliers and how they're dealing with the changes themselves. Um, one of the, I think the key thing is within change, in the uncertainty of it all, uh, people look for leadership and they look for those that can actually provide a pathway which is clear for them even in all the uncertainty um, for them to follow. And I think therefore, as org organisations that see themselves as leaders within their industry, um, at leaders in terms of uh, what they do, uh, need to uh, start to uh, in, uh, breed um, that culture and that mindset within their organisation that it's not safe to be comfortable. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh I saw an ad on television with the, the key word was life unchanging. And I went in your dreams. <laughs> I, I think they're speaking to a to a, a, a cohort that uh, is fast disappearing because life is changing and we just have to accept that. 
and not waste time. Teams and managers shouldn't be wasting time complaining about, oh, we have now, you know, we have to stop doing this and, and do something new. It's like we just have to relish it and, and move forward. Is that right? Well, well, the default position generally with us as human beings is with change is that we don't like it. So, you know, I think that, you know, overcoming that that initial hurdle and with if I flip back to your mindsets um, 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 uh, question before, mm. uh, we've got to switch the switch. It's uh, the reality is, is that we're not going back to what we knew. So in terms of um, uh making sure that change moves forward and we don't waste time worrying about, you know, do we have to change? You know, the idea is we, we have to change before we have to. And even if you do something, take the wrong step, that's better than taking no step because you can correct a wrong step. Taking no step at all is, is actually moving backwards. Is, can you talk to that? Uh, well, I just think it all starts with, do you know how to have a, do people know how to have start a change conversation? Do they know the right vocabulary to use to structure the conversation? So it doesn't, it's not about, it's not about spooking people or, 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 or making people retreat. It's actually about, it's about making the landscape safe. We talk about future state for the purposes of being able to pr pr paint a picture so people know where we're going. And if you choose the wrong vocabulary, you can easily um, send people off on the wrong emotional um, um, pathway um, just by just just because we, we didn't know the right words to use at the right time. I think the other thing about change is benefits. Everyone thinks we just need to change. You know, we change all the time. But the, the, the real key here is the only reason we're going to change is because we, we, we are seeking we are seeking benefits. Benefits at work, benefits at home, benefits personally. If we keep it in the work context, it's the business benefits. The implication of not changing is we miss the benefits that enable our survival, our growth, our domination, our, our ability to thrive. Um, exactly. You want to move beyond survival to thriving. Correct. And I think the as a as as a discipline, not as an act, as a discipline, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. The easier the easier it becomes the more the ability for your or people in your organisation at individual level and at, um, throughout your business to be able to go, I can, I can hear change. I actually know what to do. I can follow a, some simple pro steps in a process uh, that enable me to move from my current space state to a future state. I may need some help, but I can articulate and request that much more clearly um, then just in not knowing and in the scramble with people just running around like chickens with their heads chopped off and acting slightly irrational, uh, irrationally and, the, and all that emotional energy that's going in the wrong direction, being that's put right. to the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing really good vocab, vocabulary like future state and that, that seems to be something that, you know, a people manager can start referring to. You know, we're in a current state, we want to move to a future state. Is it, is it common for uh, senior leaders and managers to just issue orders about what to do instead of taking the extra time to give it the context of why we need that change, what the overall arching benefit is likely to be, and these are the steps we need to take to get there? Do you find that they're missing a few of those pieces when they are communicating to all the individual contributors? Uh, possibly, and I think that's perhaps if we looked at, if we then sort of frame that up in terms of, you know, 
the strategic plan of any organization. You know, uh, it, it links back to the fact that you know it, it, this is it's not an uncommon activity. It's the most it's a common activity for all organizations to develop in uh, a strategic plan. The, the, perhaps the, the missing link there is does everybody understand it? And does everybody understand uh, why we're doing it and and the motivational drivers that sit behind it so people can buy in and I guess the you I guess the, the we're talking about the a COVID situation a pandemic situation at the moment it's 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 you know it's the COVID provides apparently a burning platform for communication up from from top to bottom to be um, as clear as um, it's ever needed to be in order to ensure. Uh, not only does the business uh, businesses continue to operate, but you know that people are safe and 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 uh, and, and survive. Um, and but you know there seems to be no negotiation when it comes to following those instructions and hearing those messages. Um, in fact, it's our, you know the evidence would I would suggest is that we're at our best when we're operating under pandemic conditions. But when 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 that's not there, but the strategic plan is there, there seems to be an ability to pick and choose what we're going to buy into as opposed to it's there's really no difference is there unless there's you know in my mind that your strategic plan is your burning platform so why where where's the gap and i think sometimes that's got to do with how the message is conveyed i think that's uh, i think it's also got to do with um you know how do people do people actually know what to do with it now once it's been delivered to them and can they see their role in how they can actually um, affect the, uh, the strategic outcomes that um, have been presented to them. So in some ways, the strategic plan is the biggest change document in terms of um, what people need to digest and get their heads around in their busy days. And I know that you work with uh, enter uh, large organisations to do an e uh, enterprise level ch change initiative. And you have a number of tools that you use to do that. You have, uh, I think, the ADCAR model, and you also have an, an experiential gamified uh, model as well. Can you speak to those? Well, I can. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, world-class methodology mixed with, um, matched with world-class um, um, experiences um, in, a, in, a, in a COVID safe, <laughs> Uh, uh, globally connected uh, 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 environment allows us to uh, um, design uh, programs that are fit for purpose for organisations, irrespective of where they are with their maturity with regards to where they are with change and change management, change leadership, uh, uh, and change in general. Uh, so um, I think it's uh, uh, what. I think when we do our assessment, we, we may just start with well, when we look at what do you need and where do we, do we start? Um, it may be that it's a 40,000 foot front end. Here are the basic concepts that you need to get started. And that might just be all you need. That may be, um, that may be some pro-sci uh, change management um, fundamentals. It, it could also be um, that we're not even ready for that yet. We just, need, we just need to come in at it and just experience it. So we can actually get some team going around that. So we've actually got some common language. I think the important bit though is, is that, you know, um, in a lot of instances, change doesn't come necessarily, the concept of change doesn't come with a positive. It gen generally is um, digested as a negative. I think what we, what we endeavor to do is work with organizations as their change partner over an extended period of time through a program um, and to, to take the lid off the box and let change be spoken about constructively. Um, to get people to do change um, without overwhelming them with, 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 with models and everything else, but they, they, they can apply it 
in a simple in, uh, simply within their own environment um, so that they can see the benefits themselves. So they themselves are saying, well, I've done that. I need now I need to advance myself um, a little bit further. So within the organisation, it becomes it becomes a competency that we seek rather than be um, be uh, have change done on, um, so yeah. to speak. I'm hearing uh, that currently that there's a lot of change fatigue at the moment. What do you think is the gap that's causing that change fatigue? I mean, apart from the fact that we've got so much change, but surely if we're if if the right systems and processes are in place, that change fatigue can be reduced or minimised. If I look at my own experience, I think you know, if I take the last twelve months, I think a lot of us, some people, some organisations um, thrived through COVID. Um, in fact, it was their their best their best um, performing years ever. But I think for a lot of us, um, you know, we 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 went from a we went from a state of comfort that was leading right up to the moment of which all of a sudden uh, we're in a near death experience and we're fighting for survival. And I think the amount, you know, people might think that there may not have been a lot of work that we were that was we were businesses shut, um, they weren't able to trade. But I don't think that meant work stopped. In fact, I think lots of people were working harder and have worked harder in the last 12 months than they've ever worked before in order to save their businesses and get ready for the for the reopening of their economies. So when that happens and you drop a lot of, um, you know, and for many countries, there's a lot of fiscal, in, not all, but in many Western um, um, countries, there's been a lot of fiscal stimulus that's been dropped into economies. The flip side of that is there's been there's been a, there's been an upside in terms of engagement, whatever you're doing, and therefore we we haven't stopped working hard. We've, we've we're working even harder now than we were even when we were doing we thought we were working hard last year. So I think how much can so I think when it comes to fatigue, I think you're right. I, I think there's an element that you know um, it it's it it the, it looks relentless yeah but it was but i'd probably just shape that up again a little bit it was relentless before uh we had COVID, and it's just relentless now so it's never not been tough i think the i think what's different here is is that if you've got some process or you've got some framework around you that you can lean on that helps you get through and when i and manage the change that's going around you so you've got some sort of control even if you just do a little bit, the research that we would say, says that you you know even if you just do a tiny amount, um, you're three times more likely to get the, the the positive outcome that you're trying to achieve than without it. So if so if you're struggling because you're making it up as you go, um, then my I would suggest right here and right now stop making it up and start investing in yourself in a in a slightly selfish way. So you can actually have the benefits of wisdom and, um, and knowledge in terms of how you can manage change more effectively um, for yourself. And as a ripple effect of that, um, um, others that are around you. Now, it seems to me that one way to uh, self-empower is to read a good book. Is there a, a text that you think that every people manager should be reading that will help them deal with uh, change or get in the right mindset? Well, uh, if I if I look at my if I if I if I was to go to my uh, library right behind me right now, um, in no in uh, for 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 no other reason, uh, and that's uh, that then then I would suggest that uh, 
uh, uh, every every leader needs to have ADCA um, in their bookshelf. Uh, which which author is that? And so I think Jeffrey Hyatt, and that's from ProSci. Yeah. You can get that from any online bookshop. Um, you can um, it's it's reasonable, and it's one of those ones uh, that if you it doesn't matter what page you open it up. Yeah, it's got the answer that you were thinking about. You needed in your head. You oh, know? that's interesting. Use it like a like a uh, an oracle. You know, I have this question. Open up to a page. On a, in no uncertain terms. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just one of those books that should be in your um, should be in your toolkit. Yeah, it's in my shelf. Yeah, and of course, with your offices in Hong Kong and uh, as well as Australia, you you're servicing uh, all of Asia Pacific and with both face to face and online training. But I do understand. I think the gamified uh, experiential version that's um, face to face only. Is that right? No, no, it's all it's virtual. I think the, I think we've, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think it's so, uh, Nina, where there's an opportunity uh, to do face to face, we'll grab it. It's uh, not, it's always good to be in a classroom. Reality is, is that it's going to be quite a while before we'll be able to do that. And I think the, you know, when we live in, as we live in change, our, our you know, we've got to take our customers um, with us um, to where the future is. And, you know, uh, Zoom and Teams and all of these virtual uh, solutions that enable us to connect um, um, globally uh, all at the same time. And as I call it, teleport uh, uh, your resources and your teams together. Um, these are um, all of our all of our all of our products and services in terms of solutions are all um, are, are all um, designed for virtual delivery. Wow. Um, and I'd even go as far as to say, I think in some cases now the the, the the complexity behind what makes some of these tools work make it a better make it better than a face to face experience in the virtual world. So I think we're fast moving into a into into that as a as a as a driver for delivery in you know in our future state. Absolutely. So you've got your experiential uh, change uh, initiative that can be online, and we're moving from our online uh, training courses to moving them into 30 day challenges, five minutes a day for 30 days, because and there's a lot of fun involved prizes, uh, leaderboard points, and it really gets people in and anybody with a little bit of a competitive streak, they're streaking up the leaderboard to get the most points. It's it's just becoming uh, the, the way of the future for, for, for training, both online and face to face is have this more gamified approach. Yeah. And yeah. I know that that's something that you do. Yeah. And I think what that does with us in terms of, um, you know, it's not just it doesn't have to just be about, you know, change. It could it, it can be just about getting stimulating and engaging your team who are now remote and you're not together in collaborating to do something that they haven't done before or uh, give them a challenge. Um, and as an outcome of that challenge, uh, there's, a, there's, there's some additional takeaways, which is more sort of like, oh, I know how to do this and I know how to do that now and I didn't know how to do that before. So again, I think, you know, the more, I think the, the world's change can be served in many different forms and varieties. Um, but again, it's uh, I think part of our uh, our purpose for existing is to demyth uh, change um, from being a negative and actually uh, flipping it and actually uh, bringing people into it as a positive and then they leave as as a as a positive and they can see quite clearly what they can do to affect the change around them um, uh, to get better outcomes. That sounds like such a worthy goal, John, is to to flip change as being a negative to a positive and de demything all of that 
that's that's been great just before we finish can you tell me a little bit about how your journey towards becoming a change practitioner what got you on that road because that's you're a specialist in that area well uh, in a couple of minutes <laughs> i mean not um i was way 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 back i mean i, I you know when i finished up when i exited university um, I had a, I had two job interviews. I could go in, uh, that, that, that straight after uni. One was with a stockbroking firm. Uh, the other was with a dot-com firm. Right. And uh, the advice I got when I had two and I had to make a choice um, was you can always do stockbroking later. So I, I, I think I jumped into change and I didn't know what I was doing when I did dot-com. Um, and I think there might have been, well, at the time, I think people thought it was, I was a little bit crazy. Um, um, but it was an amazing environment in, in terms of startup at that stage and fluid and you needed to be flexible and adaptable. You needed to like people because things that people were changing around you as well, too. And what has happening today was not what was happening tomorrow, was going to happen tomorrow. Uh, fast forward a little bit there, I, I, I ended up, um, uh, you know, moving into a role uh, inside a telecommunications organisation, uh, where change was what we were about. Uh, I, I, you never rested on your laurels, and um, and again, I guess uh, uh, we called things projects there uh, when we were actually doing change. Uh, that just wasn't called change then. Um, and and to that, I, what fell out of that was more of an, a, a time spent um, working with um, teams, aligning their behaviour. Uh, to uh, to ensure that it was congruent to strategic outcomes, um, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It is, and I think, and but I guess the bit that I missed, but the bit that really sort of followed me through on the practitioner was that I, I needed a model that um, that was that was robust enough uh, to support not just myself but my clients through change as well too, and a process that was repeatable, easy to use, research based holistic uh, and so I started my practitioner journey from there and I guess what's happened on that is you know that's evolved into change enablement um, and my practitionership sort of I don't get as much time in the classroom as I want as I used to it's more sort of that I've had to change again to help grow my business and the evolution of the of what I do what I'm doing in our organization is rapidly changing we've got seven seven or eight facilitators now that are that are deployed across Asia uh, we've got, we've got, we've, our, our business is starting to mature and look like a business. It's, uh, you know, and we're five years on this change enablement journey. But I think even how we present in the marketplace, in terms of, it's the, it's the, it's the, the, the array of solutions that we can bring to an organisation that's that's fit for purpose. Um, that now that gives us a dynamic mix uh, that enables us to engage the people in your organisation to uh, connect. Um, um, with minds and hearts um, front and centre to why this is an important competency uh, that all employees um, um, should have in any organisation. Thank you, John. Any conversation with you about change is an elevated one. I, I've had the pleasure of many conversations with you over the years and I've thoroughly enjoyed today's. Thank you for your time today, John. Uh, thank you, Nina. It's a pleasure to uh, see uh, to, to 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 see you again, and uh, thank you so much for uh, inviting me in to uh, share uh, some 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 of my thoughts uh, with you. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much, John. Today we've been speaking with John Prentice on the Manage Self Need Others podcast. 
I'm your host, Nina Sunday. Remember to subscribe and listen to Manage Self, Lead Others wherever you get your podcasts. Till next time, ciao for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.